0: Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do his work. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: What a joy to be with you guys today and uh, to be with my brother and sister Ron and Kim. And um, just uh, kind of a surreal experience here because, uh, as Ron said, it's been over 30 years that we've been friends and uh, I, I just uh, am so grateful to the Lord for long-term relationships. Isn't that good? Um, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Thank the Lord for long-term relationships, right? Um, um, I'm going to go into why I'm in California today um, in a few moments, but um, first thing on my heart would be to uh, share with you a song that the Lord gave to me um, now several years ago. And it's kind of my love song to the Lord. It's how I feel about him and I and, uh, hope that it relates with someone in the room. And um, just a quick tune here. With guitars, you have to tune them often because they react to temperature and things. Okay.
0: I'm amazed at your goodness I'm amazed by your voice. I'm amazed. Tighten round me And your love speaks more than novels can tell. That you could ever love me, and you'll. All-
1: you glad you serve a God of miracles today? When the Lord wakes up in the morning, (laughs) he does miracles. Amen. And um, I am so honored and blessed to be able to have this word that constantly reminds me of the miracles of God. Business. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm sorry? My hand up. Don't touch the antenna on the bottom. Is that it? Okay. We serve a God of miracles. He's in the miracle working business, and I love that. Uh, but I want to just say that uh, there are many of us here that are praying for a miracle and it seems like we wait and we wait and we wait. Hello? Um, and some of the miracles I want I don't have yet. And I not, I'm not absolutely sure that I Ever will see them. But that doesn't mean I stop believing for them. Because God seems to do what He wants to do as long as we're putting our faith in Him. Today, I want to speak with you just for a few moments regarding a subject that I feel is uh, imperative for us today. I feel like it was what the Lord put on my heart to share and the things to say. And it's entitled, Don't Waste Your Trials. Don't waste your trials. I'd like you to go with me, please, to Psalm chapter 105. I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Bible. I love the Amplified Bible. Anybody who is close friend, they know that uh, I love talking about the word through the eyes of the Amplified Bible. Psalm chapter 105, it says this in verse one, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all of his wonderful acts, and devoutly praise them. Glory in his name, let the hearts of those who seek and require the Lord as their most essential need rejoice. Seek and deeply long for the Lord and his strength, his power, his might. Seek and deeply long for his face and his presence continually. Remember with awe and gratitude the wonderful things that he has done in the past, his amazing amazing deeds, and the judgments uttered by his mouth on his enemies, as in Egypt. O, you offspring of Abraham, his servant, Or you sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded and established to a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham and his sworn oath to Isaac. Which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant saying To you, I will give the land of Canaan and as the measured portion of your inheritance. When there were only a few men in number, very few, in fact, and strangers in it, and they wandered from one nation to the other, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no man to oppress them. He rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. And he called for a famine upon the land of Egypt, and he cut off every source of bread. He sent out a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. He sent. uh, Excuse me, verse number 18, it says his feet, they hurt with shackles, and he was put in chains of iron. Until the time that his word of prophecy regarding his brother—you remember uh, Joseph's dream—until that came true, Joseph, Joseph's dream, the word of the Lord tested and refined him. Tested and refined him in the days that he was locked up. Tested him and refined him in the days that he was falsely accused. Tested and refined him with the shackles on his feet, the cuffs on his hands in his slavery, in his time of incarceration. It says in verse 20, the king sent and released him, the ruler of the peoples of Egypt, and set him free. And he made Joseph, the lord of his house, the ruler of all of his possessions. Let's bow our heads in a moment of prayer. Lord God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much, Lord, that it's a lamp to my feet. It's a it's a light to my path. I thank you, Lord God, that it's the blueprint for my success. I thank you, Father, that it is the roadmap to my destiny. And today I I embrace your word, Lord God, in my life. And I thank you for this word. I thank you for the stories that have been given to empower me, to give me faith in my life's darkest hours. And today, Father, I pray, God, that you would establish memorials in our lives to become what we what we watch. And we remember we look back on the faithful times that you've come through for us and provided those miracles. But, Father, as we're waiting for miracles, we ask you to perfect us, to to refine us, to sharpen us. And to do your work in our lives, and our hearts, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and all of us in the room say amen. 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 God was with the people, his people. This this passage shows that he was with his people the whole time. He, mand- he commanded the kings in the various lands that they they were in to do them no harm. But during that time, it says that God tested and refined Joseph as a slave imprisoned and in shackles, his chains, testing and refining him. If you look at uh, Psalm chapter 66, 10, I'll just be there for a second. You can go if you'd like to. Maybe we have that. Oh, yes, we do. It's beautiful. It says this. For you have tested us, O God, you have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid a heavy burden of servitude upon us. You made ch- Charioteers ride over our heads in defeat. We went through fire and through water, yet you brought us into a broad place of abundance to be refreshed. Uh, Guys, I'm as as human as anybody in the room, and um, I have prayed and prayed and prayed about certain things, and I'm still praying. This one particular miracle... The problem happened, um, it's actually been going on for decades now, and uh, I'm praying for a certain relationship to be restored. I'm praying for a certain relationship that there was false accusation in. I'm praying for this relationship because there was lies that were told for family gain. Uh, from, the, from everything that you would see on the outside, you would say, CJ lost. But I'm still praying today. And today I'm wondering what it is that the Lord is working in my heart. What is it that he's trying to get me to see? What is, what is he trying to get me to learn? Because I'm feeling the refining. I'm feeling the hurt. I'm feeling some shame. Not because I was guilty of the accusations. I wasn't. But I'm just wondering why that miracle hasn't been dropped back into my lap. Back into my life. And I have to trust God completely. I have to understand that I don't know the beginning and the end. He knows the beginning and the end. He sees into my heart, and he sees my future. And the only thing I can can understand, and the only thing that I can wrap my head around here, is that he knows more than I do. And apparently, this testimony has to relate to somebody in my future. Maybe hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people have to hear that story. Maybe they have to see me in that broken condition to realize that they're not alone by themselves. That someone that might be getting a little more spotlight, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really a fan of the spotlight at all. But sometimes when you come in as a special speaker, everybody assumes that you have everything together, that you don't have any cares, that you don't have any problems, that you don't have any trials, that you're going through yourself. Let me t- say for, for all of those that might be in that spotlight, it's not true. I'm living it. I'm feeling it. Maybe it's so that the next prison I arrive in, Somebody can say he's gone through it and God has kept him faithful. He's kept himself on his knees. He's kept himself humble because of the brokenness of that situation. And maybe they can say, you know what? I want a God like that, that I can be in a problem. I can live a problem. I can I can say hello to that problem every single day and it's not getting fixed. But I've got him. As my comrade, I've got him as my friend. I've got him to pray with me. And because he understands patience and he understands faith long term. Maybe I need to serve his God. Maybe I need to to turn my life from the things that I believe that are so flimsy and so uh, under the clock. They happen uh, for a certain time or a certain political cycle. Maybe I, need to turn, maybe I need to turn my life over to the God that sees the very beginning and he sees the very end. And he's doing something in this man's life. And I want that to happen with me. And if they're watching me in those situations, my friend, there's people that are watching your life. And they're saying they're faithful. They're being faithful in spite of the trial that, that they are in. There's, they're faithful in spite of the Red Sea being in front of them, not parting. They're being faithful to the Father with this sickness in their body. Believing for a miracle, that's true faith. It's easy to believe in a God when there's miracles all the time, not so easy. When it seems that trial is ongoing. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade what the Lord is doing in my life for anything on this planet. And I thank him for the trials that come my way. Because I know that it's in those trials that he's refining me. He's breathing new life into me. He's giving me maturity to understand the pain that others go through as well. The Lord is allowing the trial in your life to stay right now to refine, to teach, to strengthen and mature you in his kingdom. This would be kind of a good exercise for you if you feel like you're going through a trial that the Lord doesn't seem to be doing his miracle, snapping his finger and releasing you from. I want you to just think immediately of the nine fruit of the spirit And maybe there's one that's the least obvious in your life. Maybe there's one that's unavailable to others in your life. Probably the ones being tested at this very moment. That the, that the God of creation is trying to sharpen you to exhibit more of that fruit. Maybe he wants to see those fruit arise and to grow on the leaves the branches of your tree. And maybe it's just not happening as he would have it. Maybe he's wanting to show you that he is the vine. You are the branches. We're going to get there in just a moment. In James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters. Consider it joy. Whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let faith, uh, excuse me, and let endurance have its perfect work and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. Verse five says this, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide you through this decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. But he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person without faith ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all of his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or decides. My friend, notice here that the Lord does not tell us we can ask for the trial to be immediately gone. He doesn't say, speak to that mountain there or that trial, and it's just going to disappear here. He says, you may ask for wisdom. And what that tells me is that there are trials that we're not going to be able to have victory in when we want it. Not that we shouldn't believe for that victory, not that we shouldn't ask him for the victory, but he is actually instructing us for wisdom for guidance, for strength, for his hand to lead us through. I love the thought that this will pass. There's some, this is not part of my notes, but I heard a message one time on, on this will pass. And it's like God leads you through a trial. It's not forever. It's not your, your life's uh, marquee. It's not uh, the stamp of God on your life. He's bringing us through a trial. My dear friend here on the front row today, I think for the last 12 years, 14 years that I've been a a friend of grace and she's been here too. She always knew that I was in prison ministry and she's always come and she'd say, CJ, can you please, is there anything you can do for my son? Is there anything that you can say to him today? Is there a letter that you could write? Is there any way you could visit him? And unfortunately, during these 14 years, I've never had the ability to go where he was, to know exactly where he was at at this certain time. I've never been able to speak into his life directly. But I've got to say something to you today. She just let me know he's home. He's home. And... That's a wonderful thing. And that is just such a beautiful picture that God doesn't just take you to Egypt and drop you off and see you later. He's brought him home. What a beautiful miracle that is, Lori. And I know that many of us in the room, we have, we, you might still be in that trial. You might still be in that time of, wow, God, where are you in this? Where are you? Why, God? What a difficult question to ask God. Most of the time when we ask why, it's because we live in a broken world. Jesus told us many times in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have sorrows. You're going to have moments where you're destitute, where you don't understand. But don't be disheartened, for I have overcome the world. I've overcome these situations, so trust me in the middle of it. Trust me from the beginning all the way through the end, I'm gonna get you through. If God removed all of our trials, He would have to apologize. He would have to apologize to Adam for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If God removed all of our trials, He would have to apologize. To Moses for the slavery in Egypt and for the Red Sea. But you see what God did? Hello? He set it up for a powerful miracle. For a powerful story that against all odds with the enemies right on their tails. All of a sudden, the Red Sea parted. And God's people walked across on dry land. And when the armies tried to follow, he closed up that Red Sea. And today you can make a trip to the Red Sea. And if you're a really good diver, you can go to the bottom of that ocean and you'll find chariot wheels. You'll find, uh, you know, remnants of the armies of Egypt that were drowned at that time. It is absolutely a fact. They're there. Proving God's word once again. If God was to remove all of our trials, he would have to apologize to David for making him stand in front of a 10-foot giant. He would have to apologize for countless battles that David won, but he had to show up fearless, full of God's faith, full of God's power, and believe that a miracle could be done that day. He would also have to apologize for Bathsheba and the lessons that you and I are learning today because of the story of Uriah the Hittite, Bathsheba, David's sin. And that verse <laughs> Change my heart, oh God. Created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me would never have been written. It was written because of his sin with Bathsheba. What kind of history is God building with your life? He's doing it. Whether you want to recognize that and receive it, that's up to you. But I choose to believe that through this trial of my life, God is writing his, his power and his miracle work, his, his ability, somehow through my pain, through my waiting, through my faith, Believing that that relationship will be restored one day. Somehow he's going to get glory out of this. Somehow his name is going to be exalted. John 15. I was so blessed today when, when Amy mentioned John 15. um, And maybe it was, uh, I believe it was um, the Beth Moore thing with uh, chasing the vine. And it said, uh, it says here in John 15, verse one, it says, I am the vine, the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch that uh, in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes. Man, don't you want to just say to the Lord, can you put the clippers away? Do you think, you know, you think you could stop sawing on my tree, man? (laughs) Because some of us in the room, we feel like he's always trimming our tree. <laughs> but he says this, every branch that he conti- that, that continues to bear fruit, even when we're bearing fruit, even when our lives are successful and things are going well, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear much more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. Verse 3 says, you are already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teachings which I have discussed with you. Verse 4 says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and i in him bears much fruit for otherwise apart from me that is cut off from this vital union with me, you can do nothing. So being a part of the vine, being connected to the vine is both a blessing and it invites trial. But I would rather have those trials and be connected to the vine than not. Anybody in the room agree with me on that? I would rather be connected to Jesus. Because he is my vine, he is my strength, he's my vision for the future. He's the one that holds my life together, my ba- my past, my today and my future. I want you to listen to this statement if you have the ability to write one statement today. From this message, from this time together, it would be this statement right here. God is not going to deliver you from anything that is making you look more like him. God is not going to deliver you from anything that is causing you to look more like him. That's his will. That's his ultimate will is for us to become little clones of who he is. To look like him, to smell like him, to talk like him, to hope, to cry like him. That our hearts would hurt like his when he sees disobedience or when he sees people that are reluctant to follow and give him everything they have. He wants us to understand that. He wants us... To look like him. Don't waste your trials. Has your trial been finances? Now, I'm going to go through a couple of things here. But I want you to know that trials show up in many, many forms, I understand. But I want to encourage you today to look into your trial and see it from where God is. See it from where the Lord is and ask him To give you wisdom. That's totally in line with his word, right? Totally in line with his word to give you understanding of what it is he's trying to say to you through your trial. Don't just ask him to remove the trial because knives would never be sharp unless they were rubbed against some really strong rock. A life would not be perfected if it hadn't been tried. Bodybuilders would never look so ripply without some resistance. People that are experts in martial arts would never become who they are without some training. Without somebody else kicking their tail. Isn't that right? Behind every winner of those tournaments he's been whooped a hundred times. Has your trialed in finances? God could be working on your understanding of who Jehovah Jireh really is. I'm going to say that one more time. If you're having issues with money, maybe God is asking you to dig into the fact and the truth that he is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. above every, It's not your job. Certainly not the boys in Washington, DC. God is my provider, no matter what pandemic comes. Hello? No matter what happens, God is gonna provide for me. And that's just the way it is. And maybe he's trying to get all of us a little bit more clear on that fact. Understanding the principles Maybe God is trying for us if our issue is finances, if our trial right now is finances. Maybe he wants us to understanding a little bit, understand just a little bit more about giving and tithing. Maybe our understanding and motivation he is working on so that we can create a work ethic for ourselves and for future generations. I don't know. These are just some ideas. Does your trial revolve around relationships? God could be working on your ability to see your spouse as he sees them. If your issue is relationships, maybe he's working on your commitment to accept this person as someone that has been sent by him to improve and hone your people's skills and not just as a person that you wish would go away. Yeah. <laughs> Does this person have political differences with you? Maybe it's bringing up some racial issues you got. And we all need to be more sensitive to that. Loving the family of God. Listen, I'm I'm absolutely committed and I'm absolutely convinced that heaven is going to be a beautiful rainbow of color. And we got to get used to being together and loving each other right here and now. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Amen. just maybe we can flip that coin and you were chosen by God to be the rock in the road for somebody else. I don't know. (laughs) I seem to notice the rocks in my road, but never really realized that I could be the rock in my wife's life. You know what I'm saying? To help perfect perfect her and refine her. Oh man, I got issues. How about how many can say I have issues? (laughs) That's right. Someone in the room, your trial just might be getting out of bed, keeping a good attitude. I don't know. Maybe God wants you to adopt an eternal perspective. Sometimes I'm not being satisfied with what God's doing today in my life, and he just wants me to understand the big picture. I remember when I was a young man, I got to go up in one of those little tiny Piper Cub airplanes. And uh, this was actually... Oh, I don't even remember the the name of this particular aircraft, but it was the Piper Cub, Cub, I think, had the wings on the bottom side of the uh, fuselage. And there was another one with the the wings over the Cessna, right? Thank you, Paul. It was the Cessna that I got to go up in. And I'll never forget that. At first, you know, I've been on an airplane a couple of times in my life, but it was the big ones, you know, the 737s. And, uh, that's a lot more secure than a, than a, than a Piper or a Cessna. And you get up in the, and on the runway and all of a sudden you hear that engine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm into sound effects. You'll just have to accept that. Um, and, um, all of a sudden you're going, you're going, you're going, and there's, you feel every little bump and you're jiggling and, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I'll never forget getting up 10,000 15,000 feet in that airplane and I remember just the reality of it turning and seeing the freeway and seeing the trucks and seeing the cars and seeing people even walk not at that that height right there but at a lower height seeing people walk and and the, the spirit of the lord just whispered in my voice in my heart in it, that still small voice and he goes these are your problems from my viewpoint. Isn't that amazing? And I thought, you know what, Lord, help me see my problems as you see them on the global spectrum from your vantage point, from your viewpoint. My problems are so scrawny. Okay, God, what else do you want to say to me today? And now that I know that my problems are so tiny and insignificant. Maybe God wants to heal your hurts, your despair, your failures, and give you his joy to give you that good attitude in the morning. I don't know about you, but I, I know people that will fully admit, I wake up in the morning just angry, just, you know, and I just ask him, what's your source of information? How are you gathering and coming up with this anger? I don't know. Everything I see on, your, on the news, it's just getting me all uptight. Well, maybe that's your first clue. Maybe a little less news. Maybe a little bit more of God's word. <clears throat> I knew I was going to have to drop that one sometime. Maybe God wants to to see us live for him and not so much for ourselves. We're here to be a blessing, not just to receive them. We're here to be a blessing to somebody else, not just to receive blessings for ourselves. Don't waste a good trial. It's an opportunity for promotion, for growth, maturity in the kingdom of God. Be determined, you can write these down too, be determined to ask for his wisdom, to find his presence. The first scripture that we read said, find his presence, hear his voice, and to see his hand working through our trial." No miracles? Oh, no, no. There's miracles. But not in every situation. Just understand that if something is sticking with you, maybe it's something that God wants to lead you through and teach you the whole time. The key is what is He trying to say? And Father, what would you have for us in this moment? Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity today to be students of your word. Thank you so much today, Father, for loving every single person that is connected to this camera across America, maybe on other continents. Father, hearing this word. And I pray today, Father, that we would not discount and not waste our trials because wisdom, Father, says that you have something that you want me to learn There is a refining process that is going on in my life right now. And I don't understand all of the ins and outs. I don't understand the shape of this trial. But, Father, you understand it. You see it beautifully. And I pray, Father, right now that you would speak to all of us regarding our trials. That you would help us, Father, connect to your spirit, your heart, your voice, your intentions for us. Your intentions for us are good, Father. We don't. I don't have any question about that. Your int- intentions are found in in uh, the verse that says Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans and the I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future to to prosper you, not to harm you. Father, nothing you're allowing to happen in my life is being allowed to harm me, but you're allowing them to happen. You're refining me. You're maturing me for something even even greater than what is going on today in my life. I thank you for it today, Father, and I ask you to speak to our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, as your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, I just want to ask you right now, if the Lord is speaking to you through this. And if there is something that you've been holding on to. A miracle that you're trying to hold on to and believe for that maybe the Lord is encouraging you right now in, in this moment to release unto him. And you're willing to say, OK, Lord, I have to trust you with this. I believe in miracles. I trust you for miracles. But Lord, what is it right now that you're trying to show me? What is it you're trying to teach me? How is it that you're trying to refine me through this thing that I'm struggling with? I would like to to ask all of you, all of my brothers and sisters across the room to please stand just for a moment. Just go ahead and, and stand to your feet. We're standing before our God. We're standing before our Savior right this moment. And we're admitting, Lord, it feels like I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated regarding my trial. I don't see it from your perspective right now. But Lord, I'm asking you to help my eyes be opened right now to what you're doing in my heart, in my life. I don't want to waste this time What is it you're trying to teach me? What is it you want me to see? I have to trust that you want me to be a better man, a better father, a better dad, a better husband, a better friend to those around me. What am I not getting? Don't let me waste this time. Don't let me waste this trial because you're trying to impart part of your heart to me. You want me to have part of your wisdom that I didn't have yesterday. Oh God, don't let me miss what you're giving me today. I need your integrity, Father. I need your fortitude. I need your patience. I need your temperance. Because somebody down the line is going to need to see that in me. Would you just hold up your hands right now to the father as he sees and touches your heart? Let's pray this prayer together. Father God. In the name of Jesus. I invite you. To do your work in my heart. This moment. Help me understand. What I didn't understand before. Help me see with my own eyes my own heart, what you're trying to say, what you're trying to do in my life. Father, I'm sorry for discounting your work in my life. It's real. It's meaningful. And I don't want to miss a thing. So I embrace. Come on, brothers and sisters, say it. I embrace what you want me to learn, what you have for me. I embrace that refining. I re- I embrace the fire and I love you. And father, one day I'm going to thank you for this trial and what you've done. It was a miracle in disguise. And there's joy in the morning. There's a blessing coming. And I will see it on the other side. Give give me faith. Give me wisdom. In the name of Jesus. If you agree with that prayer and you just uh, feel that in your heart, can we give the Lord some praise in the room today? Come on. Let's give him some praise. Jesus, we praise your name. We thank you for it, Lord. Bless your name. We worship you. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your your love for us, God.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.